0: The roads have emptied, only us left, kids sleeping in back.
1: Cat's eyes shine bright, white lines roll by, the rhythm of the streetlights. Radio hums quietly, rain starts, hypnotic wipers. Pull in, hot latte and apple pie.
0: He's back into the darkness. Over 600 McDonald's open 24 hours. We are awake. More music, more inspiration. Voga Online
1: Sports News.
0: www.voga We are talking to a living legend, Devon City player Enzo Coppola. Uh, Braenzo, uh, in our indigenous language, in the uh, African language and elder, we called a Bra. Uh, thank you for your time and welcome to Vogawa Online Radio.
1: Good day, Mohao, to you and to your listeners and thank you very much for having me on your show.
0: Mr. Coppola, can you take us uh, through your footballing journey where it all started and they said I mean I'm interested in this in in your name Enzo Coppola because uh, it it seems like is a Spanish name Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, your journey uh, and uh, you you found yourself in Devon
1: City how did that came about? Mohao, my parents are from Italy uh, and after the war, um, my dad decided to come to Africa, to South Africa in particular, in 1952. So he got onto a ship and the ship took a month or two to get here and, uh, and then he settled yeah, He brought the family with him afterwards, settled in South Africa. And um, I was born in Durban in 1961 and so I've lived basically all my life in Durban. And I started playing football when I was about nine years old for a team called Hearts in Durban. And uh, I remember scoring in my very first game with my left foot. And um, then I just played junior football at different levels and amateur football as well. Some school football too. Um, I, in under, the under 13s I was chosen for Natal with uh, Neil Toby in the same team. A competition that we won down in Port Elizabeth and then uh, slowly developed uh, through the junior ranks amateur ranks until eventually um, Claude Barker recommended me to go to Durban City so I played for Durban City first of all in 1979 and then again in 1986 uh, so that's how I ended up at Durban City we
0: hear a lot of stories about uh, the doc jeff Butler uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff Butler uh, Bakha, a successful coach in South Africa no doubt um, the first and The last coach to win Africa Cup of Nations with Bafana Bafana. How was he like as a coach and also as a human being because of 1996 class, they tell us when they talk about him, they are glowing even in uh, his presence
1: while he was still alive. How was he in his uh, early ages? What a lot of people don't know is that Claude Barker was a very, very good player in his own right. He was a left-footed player, played in the midfield, very skillful. And he played for Derby City and Devon United at a very young age. Then he got injured and then, and that's when he turned his focus to become a coach and um, as a person he was very in- inspirational. Whenever you saw him he was always smiling and um, always uh, encouraging and always had good things to say and on the field he, had, he could motivate any player to run through a brick wall for him. He could make you believe that you were better than Messi. That's a, how good he was but you know some people think he was only a, uh, an inspirational coach but he was also a very tactical coach and very intelligent in, in the way that he set out his tactics so uh, I will always remember Clav. Clav will always be in, in my heart and and all, a lot of other people and players that, that have um, been influenced by him.
0: Enzo most of the people or should I say uh, Enzo most of the people uh, when they talk about uh, Neil Tovey, especially who played under him at Kaiser Chiefs, as well as Bafana Bafana, uh, they would say he was very, very strict player, he was very, very strict person. Uh, in his early years, uh, I, I think uh, when he was at Devon City, um then he was quite young how was he in terms of um, did you see any leadership abilities in him that he possessed during Bafra Bafana days
1: as well as uh, Kaiser chiefs days neil Tovey and i played together as juniors uh, and also uh, as amateurs and neil's always been a very good honest humble and sincere person and even from a young age, you could see that he had leadership abilities, albeit he wasn't extremely loud, but he was he always led by example and uh, he always managed to motivate people around him. So, I'm very happy that Neil succeeded as much as he did because it couldn't happen to a better person.
0: Tell me about the derbies: Devon City, Amazulu, Devon City,
1: African Wanderers, how tense was those games? Mahal, in those days, the derbies were very intense. Uh, we also had fairly decent crowds for local derbies in Durban. And um, we unfortunately uh, always tended to come out on the wrong side, Durban City, uh, with uh, Amazulu and African Wanderers. Now, I remember the one game against Amazulu at Kings Park Rugby Stadium. There was uh, quite a large crowd there, probably 30 to 40,000. And um It was nip and tuck the whole match. Katalanga was marking me. I was playing on the wing. And he he was kicking me the whole game. The whole game, he just kept kicking me. Until towards the end of the game, I actually uh, kind of got a bit fed up and I retaliated and I got sent off. I think the only time I've been sent off in my life. Um, But, yeah, we ended up losing that that game 2-1 and uh, but they were all very intense very competitive affairs and uh, the crowd really enjoyed it because the the brand of football was very exciting then after playing for devon city you left to play for
0: a team called juventus uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the juventus because of you won the league as well as um, the cup you won the double uh, what motivated you to leave Devon City to Juventus?
1: Mohawa, I started my senior career at, as a 16-year-old playing for uh, Juventus. Um, after, uh, after a couple of years, uh, Clive Barker joined the club. That was in 1979. 1980, I also started playing for the club. And that was my first involvement with Clive. So most of my years, my formative years was um, I spent with Juventus in the amateurs because in those days we were banned from FIFA. So for some reason there was more, far more exposure at a local amateur level playing for your local clubs. There were bigger crowds, more interest in the newspapers, etc. with amateur teams than it was in the professional teams. And obviously that started changing the closer we got to 1992 and so on. But I played most of my years. In fact, in total, I played about 13 years for Juventus as a player. Um, And then towards 85, 86, that's when club recommended me to Durban City and they approached me. And that's when I joined Durban City in in, in 86. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's probably the highlight of my career, scoring 16 goals in one season. Uh, After I'd actually joined them late, after two months, I joined the, the club. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, then the following year, uh, was went to coach. He was coaching Bush Bucks, and he asked me to go and train with Bush Bucks because I think he wanted to sign me there. But for one reason or another, I didn't, um, and then I ended up back at Juventus again. So yeah, that's that's where it went with. Uh, with Juventus and what and with do you David think City. of
0: uh, South African football now uh, compared to your era? I know uh, that now there's a lot of money in our football, but uh, over the years have you seen some improvements, uh, especially on playing
1: side or we are heading for a disaster. It's not just because it was my era and that I played in that time, but a lot of elder people will tell you that uh, in the period, in that period there, um, the 70s and 80s, um, the football was of an extremely high standard. It was very exciting. There, there were uh, huge crowds at all the games, not just the big, big clubs. And um, technically also the players were far, far superior. Um, nowadays I've tried many many times to watch a few games in the PSL but it's honestly I'd rather watch paint dry because maybe you might watch one good game in a year if you're lucky but technically and and uh, as a spectator for spectator value I don't rate the PSL much in terms of the general standard of the game I feel very strongly about uh, uh, the way it's gone in the last 20 to 30 years um, if we really break it down very simply you've got the PSL which is basically a private company it's there to make profit make money that's why it's so difficult to get in and very difficult to, for clubs to get out of there so those same clubs you in you're out keep making all the money none of that money filters down to grassroots then you've got SAFA who is supposed to be looking after junior football as well as amateur football but they basically the money that, that was given to them to look after the game allegedly has been misappropriated and taken away. So you've got two things. SAFA, they're not doing their job, not putting the money back into grassroots and development, and the PSL is, is not letting any of that money filter down. So that's, that means that the game at grassroots level has been dying a very slow death for the last... 20 to 30 years and each year that passes it keeps getting worse and I feel very strongly the and, and uh, I find it difficult that to understand why the media does not go after Danny Jordan because he's been at the helm of all these this uh, misappropriation of funds and I'm not saying I'm, I'm making any accusations but why why is he still in, in, in his job when football has gone backwards Incredibly, and it just keeps getting worse. If we want to get back on the right track Jordan has to go as well as the executive the entire executive has to go. We need new people We need a new system, and there's a lot of things that need to be addressed, and if we don't start that procedure We'll never get where we want to get to because when you start that procedure It's going to take 10 or 20 years before you start seeing some truth Which
0: players you can pick? Uh, that we can say these are the best players that I've ever played with, and these
1: are the players that I've played against in your era. Mohaw, well, I was very fortunate to be able to play with a lot of very, very good players, so it's difficult to single out individuals. Um, but if I had to, uh, probably amongst the best that I've ever played with is uh, Lawrence Chellen and uh, Marco Minetti and then at uh, Juventus there was a player called uh, Valerio Kella. He was an excellent midfielder. And uh, players I played against, gee whiz, there were so many because it was such a purple patch of an, er- of an era of good players. Um, if I have to single out someone, Jan Lichaba, uh, Mark Mapuniane, Shane McGregor, uh, Noel Cousins, Kelvin Peterson, Uh, Mike Mangena, there were so many good players in those days. Um, Yeah, so I was very fortunate to have been exposed to all that and all those players and and people as well. So, yeah, very lucky for that. Riverside
0: FC, uh, are you still involved with them or you moved on? What uh, Mr. Coppola doing right now? Uh, I know that you are so passionate about uh, soccer development, but uh, what exactly are you doing uh, right now? Uh, Are you still involved with soccer or maybe you just uh, go to clinics when you you are invited? Well, I
1: was with Riverside Football Club in Derby North for a few years, Um, enjoyed it thoroughly. And uh, after that, uh, I was approached by the Liverpool International Academy to be operations manager there for a, a couple of years. And then um, then I went to Stella, Stella Football Club. Uh, it's one of the oldest clubs in the country, over 120 years old, I think. Um, so i ended my coaching career there let's say for the time being that was in 2018 so the last time my coach was 2018 obviously a year or two after that we had uh, lockdown, etc so there's been a gap for everybody there but um in terms of now football wise uh i've still been part of of the durban central local football association uh executive committee um However there's a bit of a complication there because there's been a, a parallel committee set up so uh, it's not as clear-cut as it should be and uh, that's one of Mr Jordan's makings, creating all these parallel situations across the country that has just diluted football. So in terms of direct involvement, no I'm not directly involved but uh, indirectly I still keep a close eye on the development and try and help out with the clinics here and there. Uh, but so on social media, trying to do, do as much as I can to promote the good that people are doing at local football. Because at junior level, the game is extremely uh, thriving, extremely uh, in extremely good health. Um, it's only when kids get to 12, 13 years old that they start getting distracted by other other sports and so on. So it becomes more difficult to keep the kids in football. But um, Yes, um, in terms of football-wise, directly now I'm not coaching anymore.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Kupula. I think uh, we will
1: uh, continue some other time with other football matters. So Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure, Mohawo. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to be on your show. I am humbled and uh, wish you all the best. And if uh, people can... Look up the South African Football History Group on Facebook and uh, join up. You'll find a lot of interesting items there. So thank you very much and all the best to you and your listeners.
0: Give a little. Help a lot. Make getting back to school easier for families by paying towards their pep lay-by. Give as little as 2 rand in-store or 20 rand online. Make a difference. Become a lay-by buddy today. You're
1: listening to Vuga Online.